We want to take a quick second and thank today's sponsor of our podcast, which is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's what we use right now. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You guys ready for this? Totally. Okay. Um, cue the music. We can't hear it. <laughs> we can't hear it. Perform, right now. Richie. <laughs> Richie was in a band. <laughs> a little. Uh, who's the Who's the guy that does like oh, all man. the the harmonizing with the? I can't oh, remember. Somebody cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. Welcome to the second edition of podcasting at CVX Live with Ellie and Jared. Um, we're Hello. you'll you'll notice that we're not actually at CVX Live. I'm going to take this out because I feel But I totally lost my voice at CVX Live cuz I was talking to all of you guys. It yeah. was so fun. It was so fun and it got to be so crazy. Um, I had four podcasts planned with people and I was only able to film one of them, record one of them with Studio C. Um, but luckily we have our friend Richie here. I went over there to do the podcast and there's this line for like 20 hours. So <laughs> I was waiting in the back of the line, but by the time it got there, they said, oh, we got to go. And I'm just joking. That's so, not how it was. Well, but actually, it really was like that. Actually. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. So n- next week we're going to have a 20 hour long podcast because we only <laughs> able, we filmed one podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're lucky to have Richie here because Jared and I love to pick his brain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So our guest in our house, our first guest in our house uh, podcast. Yeah. Studio yes. C was a guest, but they weren't at our house. That's right. What's so up, Studio this is like C? next hey. level. Yeah. <laughs> But Richie Norton, uh, gosh, I, I can't even begin to say all of the things that he's done, let alone done for Ellie and I as a couple with our family, with our careers and everything. We are so thrilled and honored to have you here Happy with us. Here, Thank you very much. I love your baby too, by the way. He is adorable. Tommy's tell, here with us. Tell them what Richie does so they have a little background. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Richie Norton. Yes. In the beginning, he lives in was Hawaii. a young boy what? from what San Diego. That's what you should be doing for a living. <laughs> <Voice> over, <right? laughs> no, Richie is a, a best-selling author. He is a instructor. He uh, does all of these incredible things. But I mean, I think has has had an impact on a lot of people in in so many different ways. And that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about, uh, Richie. Why don't you tell us what you've done and what you do? Um, for those who may not know. I really don't do much. I just kind of hang out. <laughs> <laughs> hang out in Hawaii. If you watch him on Inst- his Instagram stories, he's always on oh the beach gosh. like, hey guys, look at look at on the beach. It's beautiful. And my face is here and it's beautiful too. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a quick rundown. There's a, yeah. there's a point in time where I decided I don't want to wait until I'm 65 and, and rich to do what I really want to do. I think that retirement the retirement mentality is kind of a, a fallacy. So I thought, how can I do what I really want to do in the future? Like help people, go do things, travel, support my family, support others. How can I do that now, but still provide for my right. family? Because yeah. we, you know, in America, we think we're going to wait 40 years, 25 to 65 more or less, to finally do what we really want to do. Only to find out that when we get there, we can't do it for a number of reasons. So I started thinking, how can I do this? And I really wanted to get into helping people in other countries work their way out of poverty. Wow. So this is going to sound bizarre, but when I was in college, like the first business I started was a cashmere business in Mongolia. Wow. 
<laughs> I went to Mongolia. There's no McDonald's there. I'm talking, you know, it's, right. it's out there. And it was like the greatest experience of my life. And I got into social entrepreneurship all over the Asia Pacific Rim, stuff in Papua New Guinea and uh, Samoa and Western Samoa. And uh, where else do we go? I don't know, Fiji, Philippines. Anyways, I eventually created this kind of like fund. Now, look, I'm poor, young, and student, don't know what in the world I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I just knew people that needed help. And it started to grow. I started to ask people, tell rich people, tell mentors what I wanted to do. And by telling them, they came out of the woodwork and just like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And that was amazing. So then I wrote a book, The Power of Starting Something Stupid, kind of about that and other things. It was more principle-based, mm-hmm. you know, about how to like make stuff happen. And we can tell stories about why that was written in a second, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, that kind of changed everything. The book did really well. It's in like 10 languages or so now yeah i saw a picture of the stacks of languages that it's in it's absolutely incredible that's yeah. amazing and i got great endorsements from people like steve forbes and seth godin and covey and jack canfield Brene brown did a whole spot on it on her on her uh, blog and if you guys don't know who these people are just google them and you'll be like holy <laughs> freaking crap you'll pick your jobs off the floor and i just felt really fortunate but that's when a flood of people started coming to me asking questions like mm-hmm. well i became the stupid guy right the book's called the power of starting something stupid <laughs> so if you google stupid richie like i'm the stupidest like i'm everywhere (laughs) we'll have a link to the book in in the show notes so you guys can check it out yeah and so i just started thinking i know i can't be a subject matter expert on what people are doing but i can focus on why they're doing it and help them make it happen through proper business models Mm -hmm. so i focus on business models to help people make their dreams come true as they say yeah and that's led me into creating courses and consulting and coaching and products and services for vloggers or digital creators and product creators a, a vast amount of things that it seems like i'm doing a lot of stuff and i'm super busy but it, i picture it more like a store and mm-hmm. inside there's a bunch of things that entrepreneurs can do but the whole goal is to help people create time not take time when they do these ventures isn't that the ultimate answer is like how can i do some awesome things and have more time mm. more free time um, That's the and, question. Yeah, and and apparently you have the answer in so many different ways. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're so lucky to have Richie with us because he is, as you can tell, very busy with a lot of the things that he does, meeting with people, talking with people. So thank you for being here. Um, Honored. I want to tell a quick little story about how we met you. Yeah, man. And Ellie, you totally. can chime in whenever you want about this because you met him too. Um, <laughs> and and his wife, actually. So My girl. Yeah, Natalie. Nah, nah. So we... I love We went so fun. on a trip uh, together and um, you and your wife, Natalie, happened to be there on that trip too. And Jared and, and I had no clue about like who they were. We're just like, oh, like they are on the trip too. Cool. We honestly thought you were just there for the ride, just like to and tag along. By the time we left the trip and we realized just talking to them every time we were like on a bus or in a car talking, I was just like intrigued and wanted to know more and more. Yeah. And then by the time we left, I'm like, crap, I should have taken advantage. The first four days I was with wait, you. Wait, wait, did she say she wanted to take advantage of me? Yes. Did you hear that? I heard it. <laughs> audio, video proof that Ellie wants to take advantage. I, I just will have to figure out how you want to do that. Though, okay. Maybe you can keep that under wraps for a little bit. But yeah, it's so true. So we came into this trip not knowing anything about who you are or who your wife is. And um, we... Every time we were on this, the road, the bus, uh, the airplane, or anything, we kept on thinking, 
these guys are just dropping these knowledge bombs to us. They're totally inspiring us. Wait, their there, stories. there were some dance parties too, man. They, we let's had, just, let's just say that <laughs> we had a dance party in the bus and it was absolutely incredible. Right. And maybe just maybe I inspired you 100%. with those dance moves. What? I drove all the way like a hundred miles and here I am. You inspired me by your dance moves like no other. And the, <laughs> the second podcast we're going to do together is it'll be a video based podcast is, is those dance moves and how to Excellent. inspire people through dance. This, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Done. Yeah. Done. I'm in. Danspiration. Ooh, I just came up with that. Is that good? <laughs> Danspiration. Is that a thing? It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Anyway, um, we would go on these trips and we would just talk and we would talk about everything under the sun. We would talk about our kids. We would talk about our jobs. We would talk about life and everything that Richie and Natalie had to say just, I mean, everyone got quiet and everyone listened to it Mm -hmm. and it was just very, very inspiring. And then after the trip, I looked you up, I Googled you and I said, Holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> Why didn't I take take advantage more? Now I'm taking advantage right. of you. Everyone wants a piece of Richie. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Um, but yeah, found out that he was the author of the best-selling book, The Power of Starting uh, Something Stupid. So you know what I did? Mm. I immediately read it. Oh, I didn't Thank read you. it. I'm not a good reader. I don't read good, but I listen well. Did you put it on like double time speeds? So no, I, I, listen, like I listen to it regular speed All right. and listen to your voice. Uh, and it was just incredible. The stories and applications from it like instantly helped me and Ellie throughout some of the things so nice in, in our life. Thank you. Um, I want to go back to this danspiration thing real quick because I think that's actually something <laughs> something really, really big that I want to pursue. <laughs> Wait, it's recorded. We're good. <laughs> so, uh, Richie. You inspired. Um, I love books to help your, I, I, ourself, myself, um, the who moved my cheese is like a book that people know that I love. Mm. What would you do if you weren't afraid? That's like the key takeaway that I took from it. That's how we started YouTube mm. was what would you do if you weren't afraid? And there's some things that Ellie and I are going to be doing that follow that same principle here in the next couple months to Change the year. Is hard. Change is hard, but getting out of your rut and routine. So true. Right. I want. That's why Richie doesn't have a routine. Forget yeah. the routine thing. Yeah. He told me There's, he has a time. There's no ruts if you have no routine. <laughs> You're good. Could you tell us a little bit about the power of starting something stupid and yeah, sure. why you wrote it? So I actually started writing it, like, honestly, from the time I had it in my head to the time it was published, it took like six years. And over the time of writing it, a lot of things changed in my life. So at first, it was going to be called The Power of Start. S-T-A-R-T, serve, think, ask, receive, and trust. That's kind of the acronym. Something I found after studying a lot of successful people is they started with service. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was kind of the process. But at some point, I started realizing that it wasn't that they started something. It was that they started something that someone once called stupid mm-hmm. or crazy. But they embraced that idea because the smart things are already done. And there's no such thing as creativity without it being not smart. Not that it's inherently stupid, right. but that no one's done it, done it before. Right. Well, anyways, I'm writing this book, and along that time, my um, my my brother-in-law is 21 years old, and he doesn't wake up. He passes away in his sleep, and we got the call. Um, I think it was actually Father's Day, so I'm, my father-in-law is calling, saying, "Like, look what happened to my son." Right? Like the worst the worst thing you can imagine. Right. And when he lived on and off with us, too, for like five years, like we were very, very, very close, close with our children and everything. 
So when that happened, it really shook us up. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier about not waiting till you're 65. Right. I had that thought, but this almost like was like a double whammy. Like, you might not live to be freaking 22. Right. You know, and so <clears throat> I just really, really thought like you have to do something about whatever you have in your life right now because you don't know how much time you have and life is short. And even though that's, that's cliche, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any less true, Mm -hmm. you know? Anyways, a a few years later in like trying to live better because of, you know, Gavin, but but let me say this, like for people that may have had somebody, um, like pass away, like people will say, you know, like move on or it'll be okay. That's not a thing. Like their story becomes a part of your story. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know. And it's not about moving on; it's about moving forward or moving and doing things like in in their name or in their honor, like living better. But that that pit that 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 hurt it goes with you, you know. And uh, grief is a real thing. I, I read a, a grief pamphlet one time that said it's a tunnel, not a cave, and it's so true. But the caveat is you have to keep walking, you know. But it is okay to feel like crap, and it is okay to feel good. And it also hurts when you feel good and you feel guilty. Like there's all these waves of emotions, but it doesn't have to be death. Like, like, you know, people that are having a hard time having children or or whatever else, like all pain is hard. It's like when pain or it's like, it's like a gas when gas comes in a room, no matter how small it it fills the room, any pain you get stub in your toe, especially the mental things, the things that we, we worry about, it all hurts. There's no comparing. The hardest thing is when people try to compare their pain to our pain, which I guess I'll, I'll explain a little more too, but there's no comparing. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to downplay how hard it was for you. It's hard, right? So a few years later, my um, we had our, we had our fourth child, our fourth son, and we named him Gavin. My brother-in-law that passed away, his name was Gavin. So <clears throat> this is Gavin number two, and he brought so much joy. He was uh, perfectly healthy, everything's fine, but he he got this cough, and. He, we take him to the doctor and they said it's fine it's just a cough it's gonna go away then at one point they said there was something called rsv and it was you know it's gonna go away but one night he was having a real hard time breathing and we ended up going to the hospital and in the hospital we thought they were gonna say he's fine go home like other times but this time they said you need to stay and so we stayed and we ended up being there for a long time like a couple weeks finally they check for something called pertussis, also known as whooping cough. And it turns out that he had contracted this highly communicable disease. And at the time, um, it had become, in certain parts of America, an epidemic. I remember even the state of California officially said this is an epidemic. Whatever. However, Gavin got it. He got it. So we were praying and we're like so sad and life is horrible and we think he's going to live. Everything's good. And I remember Natalie's blogging and her blog's going crazy with everyone like showing their love from all over the world. Like what a great thing social media can be. Right. right? And I remember even one guy from Istanbul typed in and said like, hey, I, I stood up all night, you know, praying for your child. But um, baby Gavin didn't make it. <laughs> I remember the night when they, they said... You need to stay the night. And we always stayed the night. But what was interesting is <clears throat> they're trying to cue us in. And he was he didn't look like himself. He was just puffed up. And he was just like a marshmallow man with all the liquids, you know, the 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 the, the IVs with all the medicines and you know all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and they said, We're gonna bring in a crash cart because we have to. But 
it's going to be violent. And so you can choose if we're going to use the crash cart or not because he's not going to make it either, anyway. You know, like, so we decided, like, we, I remember my wife on one side, I'm on the other. We took out, or they took out all the, the wires and tubes out of it. And I held him for a second, handed it to my wife. She held him. And I had my hand on his little heart, and we just rocked him, sang him lullabies until he slipped away. And it was um, such a, a terrifying experience. <clears throat> and we, we came in there with a child, and we left empty-handed. And we like the world never felt heavier. But what's interesting is after all this happened, I remember later, like, like even a year or two later, Natalie described to me an experience I didn't think about. Because in the moment, it's just happening, right? It's, it's horrifying. She said, what do you do when your child dies? and you're holding him, do you just leave? And um, you can't. And I remember like a sweet angel of a nurse came in and she said, can I hold him? And she rocked him and we walked out and we ended up you know, burying him at home in Hawaii with his uncle. And it's the worst experience you can imagine as a parent. It's, you know, you're a provider and a protector and all those things. And um, like it destroyed us. Like it just leveled us to the ground. But before he passed away and before they took out all those wires, my wife and I, we, we promised to each other that we wouldn't let this experience tear us apart because we knew that it could and it would. But that somehow for him, we would help figure out a way we'd figure out a way for it to bring us closer <clears throat> later fast forward like a year or so a person a mentor of mine asked us like what did you learn from this experience from your from your brother-in-law passing away from your son passing away and my wife said ask me in a year you know like what, what? <laughs> and i remember thinking what well, I, I really thought about it. Well, i don't know and so i came up with something that i write in the book and this is how i start the book um because the whole book is not about starting something stupid. It's about embracing those inspired ideas that are on your mind that you call stupid, but are actually something good for you that can change your life and leaning into them because you don't have enough time. And I call it Gavin's Law, which is live to start, start to live. Because when you live to start those ideas that are pressing on your mind, you really will start living. Like so many people are like the walking dead, the living dead. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. But there are ideas coming to their mind. But they label them as stupid or they're scared or they're fearful or it's for someone else or I don't have enough time or education or experience or money. I can't, I can't, I can't. But something's telling you to do something weird to like shake it up, mm -hmm. even if it might be scary to do. Right. <laughs> and it's the people that actually embrace those scary things that really feel alive, even if it doesn't work out. Because one thing leads to another. And the worst thing could be waiting 40 years and then doing it and having it not work out. Right. <laughs> you might as well get out of your system now. But more likely, it'll help you pivot into what actually will work. So, Gavin's Law, if you remember anything, live to start, start to live. It will revolutionize your life. Well, absolutely. And... You know, after, you know, reading the book and, and listening to like some of your courses, it's like, I, I hear that story and it just uh, heartbreaking every time. But the th I think the thing that is, is touches me the most, it's like when they ask, 
what did you learn? Hmm. Like going through such a difficult time and having someone say like, well, what did you learn? Like, ouch, that's kind of hard sometimes to hear. But at the same time, it makes you, it makes you dial in on these moments because, well, what did you learn? What did you take from these difficult situations? And that's like how we grow. One of the things that I always say is like, you're not defined by the trials that you face. You're defined by the trials that you overcome. And you know, those two trials that you've gone through is just so crazy. You know, I think the person that asked that question was like inspired. It's a hard question to ask, but like it made us really think. And I mean, it it was Sherry do herself, you know, and, and, uh, it really changed the way we did everything in life and with the book, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? The way we kind of like framed it all. Wow. And the, the other thing that I like about it is, um, with a book, like you have this principle that you have a live to start, start to live and the power of starting something stupid mm-hmm. and the idea behind it. Um, it, it totally is like, Oh wow. The, Ellie and I kind of did something like that with the whole vlogging thing. Totally, like, what man. would you do if you weren't afraid? Well, well we want to walk around with a camera and document the whole journey of us having babies and, and that sort of thing. But people thought it was dumb. People so thought stupid. it was weird. Like not even the, not even viewers, viewers loved it. It was like family, personal, Absolutely. personal <laughs> friends, people personal trying to protect you or, yeah, or jealous of you. Anything, you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. Like how, how are you going to have an income this way? How are you? And yeah. we, we just, tried it. it we just did it and it That's worked right. and it we felt great. alive yeah more so than like I love ever the, what you said is the answer everyone's like i, I, need, I need this and it's like you just do it mm-hmm. just do it yeah you know <clears throat> i i tend to complicate things even right now like we're doing we're changing up some things in our personal life and our work life and it's hard and i need to learn to just not think about it and just have fun yeah one of the things that we talked about at cvx during one of our super fan meetups is procrastination is is the enemy of progress obviously but it's like if you have an idea that you want to do you're the one who's the first hurdle the first hurdle that you have to go through is you have to decide yourself that you want to do it totally and then just do it just start start right now and we tell people like you know if they want to start a youtube channel like what should i do (laughs) start right now have the camera in your hand and just do it and just do it and go crazy with it and have fun with it um but I, I love one of the examples from the book that you were talking about, Henry Ford. Mm, yeah. Um, because he did something completely revolutionary, something that people thought was stupid, but then... You really did read this book. Yeah, huh? totally. Of course I did. <laughs> he read the first chapter. <laughs> what happened after... So at, at one point in time, you know, well, first of all, they called him Crazy Henry, and he would say, crazy as a fox. Yeah. So And then and all of a sudden, this car is created, and he... At some point in time, there's more than 50% of cars in the world are these Ford cars, his cars. And it's the Model T. It's black. You can have it in any color as long as it's black. That's the joke. Like, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's there. And then this is kind of cool. Like he goes on vacation, which I guess he didn't really do, but he does for a week or two or whatever. And his employees had some secret project that they finished before he got back. And the secret project was a new car, a new model. And this is a true story. He sees it. Like, if someone built you a new car, like, wouldn't you be like, "Holy crap, that's uh, awesome!" Wow, thank, thank you. you. Like, Did he hate at it? least, thank you. I didn't read the book. <laughs> no, he he jumps on the car, smashes it in the windshield, rips off the like the door handle, and it's like we only make one car. At this point in time, uh, General Motors is now creating like cars in different colors and in different models, 
and um, they embraced something that they called this is this is a, this is crazy. They called it planned obsolescence. We talk about that with iPhones quite a bit or smart devices. They planned on coming becoming obsolete, which is the opposite of Henry Ford planning on being relevant forever. And they started taking Ford's market share like crazy, different colors, different models. Long story short, he then has to shut down production lines for months to then create what's what was then known as the Model A. And then they kind of got back into the swing of things. But yeah, that's the idea is don't get stuck at Model T. Reid Hoffman, the founder of um, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. he calls it living in permanent beta. You're always improving. You're always changing. Um, I You're always love doing that. something. I, I, look, the kids, when they say something's cool, it's the same as an adult saying relevant and the same as a scholar saying credible. That's cool. I like it. It makes sense to me. That's relevant. I can use, I can use it. It's credible. It's the right thing. Like whether you whatever word you use or you choose, like if you stay where you are, people will pass you. And you might actually take a step back or will feel like a step back, but if you're going to punch out someone, you have to you you have to lean back mm-hmm. to get the power to go forward. Like that's just the way it is. So, there you go. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Round of applause for Richie. Hey. <laughs> You've brought all the emotions in the room today. We appreciate it. This is like not easy, I'm sure. And- oh my gosh. You well, and 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 that's one of the things is, you know, Ellie and I, we vlogged about some of the toughest times of our life. We vlogged about that and and I feel like those experiences have shaped us to who we are and changed us. Yeah. And made us what we are today. How do you, you know, I want to ask you, Richie, how do you feel people can learn from traumatic, terrible experiences that they go through? You've suffered incredible loss in your family. We have had some, you know, pretty terrible experiences, um, you know, over the past five years that we've been documenting the journey and everything. But how can we learn from it? It's something I've thought about a lot and a lot of people have asked me, like, questions on. Yeah. And... The best answer I can think of right now is you should assign meaning to the thing. The reason I say that is because a lot of people think there is some wild meaning that God punished you for some reason is to help you learn or is to punish you for being a bad person. When in reality, most often things just, just happen. And so you can either just accept that and be like, oh, things happen, or you can assign meaning to it. When I say assign meaning, I mean assign a positive meaning to it and then turn that tragedy into triumph. Let me give you an example. We had three, my wife met a family that um, needed help with their children and um, ended up being, uh, it was a seven-year-old girl and two-year-old, seven-year-old girl and one-year-old twins. And we brought them into our home and then without getting into too many details, the mom basically didn't come back. It was kind of like checking in and things. At some point, the mom even said, can we have like a visit from the government at your house? We're like, sure, like, whatever. Long story short, CPS, Child Protective Services, comes in and says they're going to take the kids. And I said, what are you going to do with the kids? And they say, well, we're, there's no one wants three children. No one has room for three children. So they're going to be split up into probably three different houses. Jeez. And they're going to, I'm like, well, what about like tonight? And they're like, well, they're going to stay in our offices tonight. 
I'm like, I immediately, it was not even like a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. My wife and I didn't even have to look at each other. Yeah, I I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll take them. <laughs> you know, like, this is a week of, no, less than a week of knowing these people, mm-hmm. right? And then I look at my wife and she's like, yeah, like, like, like she was on the same page as me. Like we both were saying, Let's, we will take them at the same time. And they said, you can't, you're not foster parents. And I said, well, what can we do? And they said, well, since they're already in your care, we'll call it um, kinship placement. Like, you won't get paid. Nothing in it for you. I'm like, what? what no, nothing in it for us. They're, they're saving they're, lives. They're humans. Like, right. well, well, that's not a thing, man. <laughs> we signed a piece of paper and the, the, the kids were in our custody. And um, we love them and had them for two years. And a lot of the issues that were happening, gosh, even medical issues. Natalie was a miracle worker helping them figure all this out. And um, after two years, the state decides that the bio mom should have them back. Which was, you know, so what? you had them for two years. Oh yeah, two years. So we just bought an, like even a new car, and didn't, we didn't have enough seats. So we went from we went from four kids to three kids to six kids, down to three kids again. But they were ours. Like like we like you know, those, yeah. well those twins, the the formative years of their life, they learned to walk with you. They learned to oh, talk yeah. with you. It was harsh, man. Uh, there's so many things I want to tell you about. I, we just don't have time or, or right. the details probably I shouldn't share. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, so there's that. And it was so hard I, when, a, when a child dies, we believe that we'll see this child again in the afterlife. When they leave, we don't know if we, maybe we'll see them in the afterlife or whatever, but we don't know where they are, if they're being hurt, if they're okay. It was like death plus other worries. Right. So we're on our way. This, this happens. I, 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 there's so much I can share, but this happens. <clears throat> our family is now torn apart again, and we're driving to the airport. Natalie's going to go to some conference or retreat for, I don't know, people that do spiritual, soulful things in New York or something. <laughs> those, those, those yoga things that she does, you know? Maybe we could bring dance inspiration <laughs> to one of those events. And on the way to the, to, to the airport, she all of a sudden like can't talk. She can't say her ABCs. She can't read signs. She can't see our names. And, it, and, and even if she was, could remember who she was or who we were, she couldn't put it out. She couldn't say it, right? Anyways, it turns out that she had uh, what we think was like a stroke. She's in the hospital for days. And, and like our whole lives are like just falling apart one thing after another, after another, after another, yeah. after another. And at some point you feel like God's just like beating you up for some reason. She gets... The doctors don't know what's wrong with her. They don't know. There's no brain damage. They say, go home. There's nothing we can do. And now I'm like, we're going home. You're not doing this New York trip. We were going to follow her there. She says, no way. I'm getting on the airplane. I am still getting on that airplane. Like, no, no, you're not. Like, we're going to go chill. Like, this isn't a thing. And so <laughs> she decides to get on the airplane <laughs> by herself. She's so brave. She's like, she's like I'm not going to let this fear stop me. From living, I am not going to be that person. If I go home and lay on the bed, I'm not getting back up. Wow. So she she goes, and I, I'm like, well, here's this card. You know, if I forget my name, um, call this number. And then I realize, like, oh, she'd probably forget to give him the card. You know? <laughs> 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 she goes, and her friend picks her up, and it's fine. And we end up, you know, meeting her. I'm going to go really like long story short. We were so sick of just like crap happening that we never came home. We ended up on the road for six months driving. From New York, up zigzagged across the entire country, to San Diego, to Mexico, to Canada, eventually back to Hawaii. Wow. 
in Hawaii, my son gets hit by a car. A distracted, a distracted driver did not see him at all. No slowing, no braking, just Fall run on. over full speed ahead. One thing after the other. Thrown into a ditch. He should be totally dead, brain damaged, quadriplegic, like everything. Like, he's fine. Everything's fine now. And then we just got back from a long trip. Like whenever things happen, we go on these long trips and kind of, <laughs> the idea is to huddle up, yeah. you know. We, so we go, to, we go to Europe and hang out last couple of months. But there was a time where I thought, I, I, it was almost like a choice. I'm like, does, uh, is God like punishing us? And I started thinking about it logically for a second. Like my son being hit by a car has nothing to do with my son being dying from whooping cough. These things are not correlated. It's a string of like tragedies, but they weren't like tied together. They were like individual experience that happened to be tied to me. Right. And I had the thought, love God unconditionally. Because what happens is when we, when we, when we, when we put our faith in God as if, if I am good, then good things will happen to me. Then when bad things happen to me, we start blaming God for things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, aren't the scriptures all just good people having bad, terrible things happen to them? Like, that's not a thing. A plus B doesn't always equal C in these situations. And when I finally realized love God unconditionally, it actually empowered me to put my faith where I needed to be and then put my like my hands to work and fix the things I needed to do instead of putting blame on someone else. I was able to take 100% responsibility for things and do something about it. Revolutionized my life. And so to answer the question, when tragedies happen, how you turn into a triumph, stop blaming other people for things. Assign positive meaning to it. Put your faith where it needs to go in something positive and go to work. Wow. And this is what it was like when we were <laughs> with each other for the whole week. And it was, it was just, oh it was oh incredible. And, but like the thing about it is application of these things. Yeah. These, these words have no meaning unless you apply them right. into your life. And I feel like that's something that I have truly had to goal of and try and start doing with all of these things because, you know, I think all of those things are in the book, right? Totally. Um, and so it's been, it's been so inspiring to to hear these things, to apply them and see how, where if I had these tragedies, what if I learned from them? If I have an assigned meaning, how can I? Right. And that, and that sort of thing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do is, is assign meaning, assign a that. positive meaning uh, to it because Jackson outside. he might be riding his bike right now. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, <laughs> It might be hard to do at first because because of the those feelings that you do have because our our initial reaction is like why me yeah and who yeah who can I blame but if yeah. you take those yeah. out of it totally there's a lot of self care you know take yeah. care of yourself and uh, and that was the trip every day forever you know yeah. self care yeah. when you drove totally all totally over. we were huddling up you know just pulling it back in. And, you know, when you go on long travel things, like you, you bring all your problems with you. It's not like you escape your problems. You can escape where you live. You can't escape your problems. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you're in a car with screaming kids in the back, like, it can get f- crazy, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that's, that's so great. Well, one more thought about yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Whatever you're going to do, don't just say, I'm going to do this. Call it, literally call it a project. So if I say, if I want to write a book, I don't want to say, I'm going to write a book. I want to write, I have a book project or I have a, 
I have a new way of doing something project, like name it. And the reason you do that, because a project can have a beginning and an end. It can fail or not fail. And it's okay. Cause then you're not tied to it, but you learn from it. If it works, move forward. If it doesn't move on. If it works, move forward. If it doesn't move on. Um, Richie, I think you've inspired Jared and I. We've had so much on our mind and I just like you and Natalie. I, I love even, you guys. I don't even think Jared and I need to talk. I think I we just are guys. sitting here like <laughs> we're, fuck yes. We're we're sitting oh here and our gosh. minds are connected Dude, to each I other. It's like we we're, we're getting answers to questions that we have that you, you don't even know amazing. about. Um yeah, it's And we're going on a long A trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're coming to Hawaii. Oh, oh, yeah. By the way, we're stay. coming to your house. There's room. Come. <laughs> stay with us. Um we're going somewhere. I I just the thing I would love about Richie is because is is all of the things that you've heard in this podcast. We've laughed. Hmm. We've sat here and like cried together and felt the emotion. We've <laughs> we've also holding <laughs> We've been holding hands under the table the whole time. <laughs> We and we've learned so much, and that's that's like what you get with Richie is like you have a good time, you learn something, and you feel mm-hmm. good, dis- despite the tragedies, despite the terrible things, and and I hope that's something that you all can take with you is like we have everyone has bad things that happen to them, yeah, but there's always something that we can take from that and move forward totally with that. Dude, I was just thinking as you were saying, it, it's like. People say it's all one. Like if we're, if, we're, if we're experiencing all or a lot of emotions at the same time, it's because we're all one. Mm-hmm. It's like we're inside of a ball and the ball's just rolling and you're like hitting different parts of it at the same, you know, different times, whatever. But just because you're feeling sad doesn't mean you can't simultaneously or sooner or later feel happy again. Yeah. It's, it's when people take a bad day and let that turn into a bad month or a bad year that be, things become a problem. Yeah. Um, and that's easy to do. Yeah. Very. Total, total change totally. of... The subject, I just raised but it's my a, hand if you didn't see me. <laughs> a total change of pace, but um, there's a graphic novel about Batman uh, and the Joker, and I think it's called It Only Takes One Bad Day. Mm. And that's or how it, it becomes or, the Joker. Or is, oh, it's not It Only Takes One Bat Day? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think I think that's a really great place to wrap up. Um, thank you, Richie. <laughs> you guys Richie. are amazing. I love you all oh, so much. You <laughs> are amazing. Like I said, all of uh, we'll have Richie's information in the show notes. Is there anything that you have going on that well, you want to share? I mean, I do have a, a cool thing. So my son lived for 76 days. He was about three months old when he passed away. And I learned that anything can, you, can, you can achieve anything in that uh. time. So this idea about projects... I try to do projects in that amount of time. So I put a thing called the 76 day challenge on my website. It's richynorton.com or richynorton.com slash 76 day challenge. And it's just a way for people to like think through what's happening in life and have goals. And I kind of walk them hand in hand to help make them happen in that time period. Awesome. We'll so have, we'll have that, that in the free, show notes. Totally free. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, richynorton.com in the show notes, the power of starting something stupid hilarious huggable guy thank you. should we show them the people that can see us how we hug so, like this like a... <laughs> his laugh is oh, so I contagious I love you <laughs> so bad thank you guys oh wait 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 we can do this we can play the, let's, let's play ourselves out let's do it this is where we dance I, can I think you hear so. it you, I think they can hear it but we can't yeah, okay, but we'll just like ever. pretend like yeah <laughs> Desperation. That podcast will be coming out soon. Um, Guys, thank you. Oh, I have more to say before the music's going to run out. Um, 
Big thanks to Anchor for helping us distribute the podcast to all of the different venues. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of the different places. If you want to help support the podcast, Anchor has an incredible feature where you can um, support the, the podcast at $0.99, cents, $4.99, um, uh, payments. It it helps the podcast and and keep it going forward. Or you can support other podcasts like Cullen and Katie, uh, don't tell mom and, and those sort of things. Um, do we have any other business items that need to come before the body of the podcast? Not at all. I think think we should do like a a, a fist fist bump. bump. Tommy, get in here, bud. Okay, homie. That is first one. Totally. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Have a wonderful day and we will see you guys next time. Later. Bye. Thank you.